Well, hey, friends, welcome to May the 4th. This is Thursday, and this is that day that everybody that loves Star Wars is going to be saying, may the 4th be with you. So um, I might as well remind you of that now that you've probably already been reminded of that all day long or on your social media or however you relate to people. So anyway, happy May the 4th. Happy Thursday. We're finishing Psalm 77 today, so join me there. Thank the Lord for a good week. We had a good time last night with groups. It's, uh, it's good to see the building full all over, uh, all the spaces, all the different classrooms, the teens, the kids, and lots of people serving the Lord and growing in grace last night. Lots of pe- people being discipled at Emmanuel. We're thankful for that. So um, we're pressing through spring. I don't know about where you live, but spring in Connecticut has been, seems to me, a little wetter and a little grayer than normal. I mean, it's always wet and it's always a little gray. It just seems to be uh, a little more than usual. Maybe that means we're going to have a, a prettier summer. I'm not sure. But um, we are looking forward to a great weekend at Emmanuel. We're finishing um, a message we began last week. I only got two points into four. And, uh, and yet, this is a rich passage. It's, it's John 14. So if you want to read up, prepare your heart. Uh, the beginning verses of John 14 is where we'll be on Sunday. <clears throat> so... We have been really immersing ourselves into Psalm 77, and this is a psalmist that is going through deep darkness. In fact, it's so bad, at one point he says, I cannot speak. Look at verse 4. Thou holdest my eyes waking, I am so troubled, I can't speak. You ever get there? You ever get so so tied up, so uh, depressed or discouraged or so weighed down by something, you just don't even know what to say? Well, the psalmist decides to pray and to chronicle this journey through darkness for us. Isn't that amazing how God preserved that for us? Because we all go through these times. Then he says, um, in one point he says, I remember the Lord and I was troubled. Um, Then he says, he starts asking these questions. Will God cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy gone? Are his promises failing? Has he forgotten grace? Is he shutting up his tender mercy? Verse 10 is really the turning point. He says, this is my infirmity. It's as though he embraces the moment and says, this is apparently what my God is leading me through and wants me to face for the moment. And then he says, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to turn away. You know, that's one big thing about this psalm. Is even in the darkness, even when he can't speak. By the way, I like this, and I think Charles Spurgeon brings this out. He can't speak, but in verse 6, he says, I call to remembrance my song. He does decide to sing. Um, So when you can't speak, sing. And when you can't sing, listen to singing. Um, This is what I love about Shane and Shane, how they sing the Psalms, and how God's blessed that in my life. So he says, I'll remember the works. I'm not going to turn away. I'm not giving up on God. I feel like he's given up on me, but I'm not giving up on him. That, my friend, is faith. Faith is, is trusting God when he doesn't do what you think he should do, when he doesn't behave the way you want him to behave, when you do not understand what he's doing and you yet choose to trust. That is, by its very definition, that is faith. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for, okay? Verse 12, I will meditate also of all thy work, talk of thy doings. He's, he's, he's now remembering God's wonderfulness. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as our God? Now he's remembering God's greatness. Verse 14 is this 
explosive moment. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Now he's going to begin talking about the strength of God, and this is where we were yesterday. He's unfolding the strength of God in big ways, in nature and in history. First, God redeemed his people. Uh, Verse 16, the Red Sea, the waters saw God and they were afraid. The depths also were troubled. Nature responds. Nature fears God. God has total authority and total power, total control over the forces of nature. Forces, Forces that would swallow us up, they bow before the power and the presence of God. Verse 17 references, I think, the blessings of God. The clouds poured out water. The skies sent a sound, nine arrows, lightning. Uh, also went abroad. God directs the storms. God directs lightning. God directs thunder. The, the voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. So the whole idea that the forces of nature are at the command of God. This is my God. Verse 19 goes deeper. Thy way is in the sea and thy path is in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Now, what is the sense of verse 19, okay? I love this. I think it's a beautiful metaphor. Um, First of all, journeying at sea was a treacherous, difficult thing in the days in the ancient world of the writing of this psalm. So ships were rudimentary. Um, Being able to navigate was was a difficult thing. There were certain seasons you just didn't sail at all. So going out in great waters was a risky thing. Um, and then navigating those waters and understanding the depths. And there was this mystery to ancient people, uh, and there still is to a great degree if you think about it. There's this mystery to the depths. What's under all this water? Uh, What are the depths? So the great mystery, like for us, the great mystery is the cosmos and space. Um, And we've pretty much mapped a lot of the ocean floor now with different kinds of radar and different kinds of scoping mechanisms. Um, sonar and LIDAR and all these things. So it's not so much, even though it is still, it's not as great a mystery as it was to these people, but the depths of the oceans and the power of the oceans. This was like a metaphor for uh, the mysteries of the deep and the mysteries of God. And what the psalmist is saying is his way is in the sea. He understands all the ways at the bottom of the sea and, and his, his ways of thinking are as deep as those mysteries. His ways of operating are as deep as those mysteries. His paths are paths that are well beyond the surface of our understanding. They're deep. Um, they're, they're immersive. And he says, thy footsteps are not known. So God, this is a moment of surrender where he's contrasting his experience, his lack of understanding, and yet his remembrance of God and the mysteries of God's awesome power God's heart of deliverance, and he's contrasting God's power with God's heart. And I love this, the power of God that he sends lightning and the waters are afraid of him, but the gentle redeeming love and heart of God and that he redeemed his people and he led them through these deep places. He led them through these waters. Do you see how all these metaphors converge to, to craft a portrait of the heart and the power, the, the grace, I'm sorry, the, the strength and the love of God that come together. We're going to see it in the next verse. So the psalmist in verse 19 is in a way surrendering. He's in a way saying, God, I don't, I don't need to any longer understand your path. Your ideas, your thoughts are as deep as the mysteries of the oceans. Your, foot, your footsteps, you are so big 
that, that these are puddles to you. You step through these oceans and your paths, your ways are greater than all. And now he lands, verse 20, the last verse in the psalm. Thou ledest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. So now, verse 20, he concludes this. God is a shepherd. You have the power to command oceans and storms and clouds and thunder and lightning. You are at the helm of the universe. And yet you love your people and you reach out and you lead us by the hand and you take us forward. And I love the hand of Moses and Aaron because he uses human vessels to do that. In that sense, whose shepherd are you? And how should you uh, qualitatively um, express and represent the heart of God? Do you reveal to those you love that God is a shepherd? Are you a gentle shepherd in the reflection of who God is? And yet we step back and we see that when we go through dark times, God is still our shepherd. He still loves us. He still leads us by the hand. And there's this moment in all of our lives we can say, this is my infirmity. This is my call for the moment. God's not forsaken me. He is leading me forward. He's taking me forward. He leads me by the hand. He commands the universe, and yet he cares for my heart. What a great loving father and shepherd we have. This was my experience when I went through cancer. This was my experience when I uh, transitioned from a comfort comfortable place on the West Coast with a home and all the provisions and relationships that God had given us over 22 years and brought us to a new place, to a small church, to a revitalization, to a cloudy, stormy part of the country, to a place where we don't um, have all of the predictable things or didn't have all the predictable things that we did. God led us by the hand. And I don't know where this devotion finds you today, but hear me from my heart, from the word of God. Um, though the storms are raging in your life, though you may have lost your ability to speak, um, just reach into your heart and sing. Sing in faith. Remember the works of God. Remember the heart of God. And realize that he is still your shepherd and he will lead you. So keep following him. Keep trusting him. And uh, the storm's going to cease one day. The dark's going to lift. You're going to be glad you didn't give up on Jesus because he never gives up on you. Happy Thursday. Have a good day, and I'll see you tomorrow.